Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the bottle on, Mini. Wow. Just, so, just here for the beer. We went with something a little different tonight, um, but it's seasonal flavored, so that's why we went with it. Um, tonight, we are drinking the... I'm probably going to butcher this, and I'm probably not saying this correctly, but it's 12 Fives Rebel Hard Coffee, and it's their limited edition peppermint mocha latte. And, man, I gotta say... This is good. This is good. I... Like, for those that go to Caribou... Um, I think about the ho-ho mint mocha for those that go to Starbucks. I believe it's just their peppermint mint mocha. Um, this tastes exactly like what those drinks would taste like just cold, essentially. Man, this is really, really good. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've seen, so it's technically this brand. It's the Rebel Hard Coffee's. Um, and I've got to say, I've seen these before. Um, I've seen these before. Um, it's, um, it's weird because I've seen them and I've been like, you know, what, what the heck is that? Like, it just looked like I've seen the rebel, just like the hard coffee, not the peppermint mocha. And I was like, eh, that doesn't look great. I am somebody who I drink coffee. Part of the reason I drink coffee is for the hotness. Like it helps, you know, wake me up. It helps me kind of get going. It kind of gives me that boost that I like. So I generally don't tend to go towards, you know, the cooler or the iced coffees. But man, if the other ones, so like they're hard coffees, I'm sure some of you that know, um, it's just basic, it's just like basic flavors. Um, but if these ones are half as good as this peppermint mocha latte, man, um, though those are good. the The other thing too, um, they also have hard tea and hard juice too, which is kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, twelve five. So for those that don't know, um, it's not really. A brewery. It's not really a distillery. You can go, you know, check out. But it is produced and everything in. I th- uh, again, I'm gonna butcher it. Neha, Wisconsin. So to our uh, friends to the uh, east of us, this is man. This is good. It's cool and five percent APB. Um, I gotta say, I I'm glad I got these. So you can only get these in a twelve, or I was at Total Wine, and I only saw them in a four pack. I'm so glad I got a four pack. These are awesome. Um, there can say for those who seek experience over ordinary twelves, Rebel satisfies the senses with the spirit to keep things social. Dangerously delicious with a creamy blend of Colombian coffee and indulgent flavors that takes you to the fringes of extraordinary. There's a little rebel in all of us. So I'm coming at you guys late here on Thursday night uh, after my um, my work's Christmas party. So I'm probably going to regret um, drinking this uh, as late as I am. But man, I really like this. 
like I said, I haven't heard a ton about this company. I haven't heard much about these drinks. I have seen them around and I noticed kind of the rebel look to it. So, um, I know I've seen it, um, but never had any interest in getting it. Um, super cool. Um, all of their drinks are only a hundred calories. Um, smooth, easy to drink. I, I really like it. I mean, you know, I try to break this down and kind of tell you guys kind of what it tastes like. You know, after, you know, it goes down kind of an aftertaste. And honestly, like this is a malt beverage. Like it's not, you know, your typical drink we do on here. The best way I can describe it for you guys, like I said, if you've had the peppermint mint mocha at um at Starbucks or if you or if you've had the ho ho mint mocha at um mm. Excuse me, at Caribou, like think about that in like cool canned form, and that's exactly what this is. Um, I really like this. I'm I'm generally not somebody like I said. I'm generally not somebody that enjoys drinking cold coffee. Like I don't like getting my um you know caffeine this way typically, but I do like it. This is definitely a drink I would get. Um. Again, limited edition, so I can't imagine these are going to be um, these are going to uh, be around for that long. But I'm sure they come out every um, year. One of the cool things before I get into uh, wrap up uh, this here and get into my ranking, one of the cool things I like about their website it's just RebelHardCoffee.com. Not only do they have kind of their story, kind of how they became, um, you know, a little bit about their products. Like I said, they have. Um, Excuse me, they have the hard um, coffees. They got the seasonal sensationals, um, orange mimosas, um, a a lot of cool stuff. But the another part of it that I personally like, they have a recipes tab, which is awesome. So if you click on it, you can go down and I'm just going to click on one of them, the Rebel Chata Mocha Latte. And they tell you how to make it. It's one... Um, drink that I'm drinking, two shots of rum chata, one ounce of room temperature coffee, one tablespoon of skim milk and ice. You mix all the ingredients and serve over ice, top with whipped cream, crushed peppermint candies if desired, which is cool. They got, they got a lot of them. Um, you can even, um, if you're wanting more, you can actually go to, um, down and get more. So definitely got to check these guys out. For those that have had these before, let me know what you think of this one and let me know uh, what of the other um, stuff they have I should check out. Um, I did not mention, so like I said, rebelhardcoffee.com. You can find that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. So that is what we have for just here for the beer tonight. Um. Now before we uh before we jump too much into Tommy Town, I did want to address a question. I'm not uh that we got today. Don wanted to know, Jack, how have most of St. Thomas's teams fared from year one into year two here? And I gotta say, Don, you uh you uh, beat me through the punch. <laughs> so we're not gonna talk about it too much tonight just because as far as our professional sports are concerned, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but Don, one episode you're probably going to want to listen to is, um, January 5th's episode 
Um, I am planning kind of halfway through the season, December to January, halfway through the season, looking at um, most of the teams, uh, how they did, even some of the teams we don't follow as closely, like men and women's soccer, um, stuff like that. Uh, it's also worth noting, doing it at that time like we are, we're not obviously not going to be able to jump too much into the softball team and the baseball team, but we're going to cover as many as possible because um, we are you know, a year and a half into this division one era. So, um, yeah. So without further ado, um, not a whole lot to report on for the men's hockey team. Once again, like we said last weekend or last week, uh, the team was off this last weekend in preparations to get ready for a matchup in Mendota Heights against Ferris state. Um, excuse me. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Friday's game is at 7.07 and Saturday's is at 6.07. Um, and, um, they, you know, the Tommies are going to try riding a wave of momentum here. Excuse me, if you will, um, into this as a kind of try to wrap up 2022 as, um, after this series with Ferris State, they will have a single game at 2 p.m. on New Year's Eve. And then they're essentially off for, I mean, after Ferris State, minus one game, they're essentially off for, you know, one, two, three, you know, for, you know, a month for Christmas and that kind of stuff. And it'll be interesting to see um, what happens and how they uh, make that transition from it. Um and uh, go from there. That UMD game, that should be a fun game to watch. Um, but, yeah, we'll get more into that uh, in the next uh, week or two here uh, before that game actually starts. Um, for the women's hockey team, uh, they were in action this last weekend. Um, Friday night was a tough game for them as they lost 8-1. to They surrendered eight straight um eight straight goals before the St. Tommy's um, ended the shutout bid with Breja Parent scoring her first goal of the season uh, to make it an 8-1 game. You know, obviously UMD is a very, very tough team. I think right now they're seventh or eighth in the nation, depending on what um, standings you're looking at. But a very good team. But quickly, I mean, you talk about having... Uh, you talk about having a um a quick memory. This team was down eight to one and came back the next night against them and tied them one to one, um, which is just outstanding. Uh, it had been what was it? Uh, three hundred eight. I looked it up. Three hundred eight days since the last WCAJ point for the St. Thomas women's hockey team, and that streak concluded on Saturday night as the Tommies took two points away from last year's national runner-up, the Bulldogs, in a shootout victory. Um, the uh, Duluth got on the board um, in the second period, and then we tied it up in the third period to force overtime. Um, and Saskia Maurer made 19 uh, more key saves um, in the third period just to send the game into overtime. 
The Bulldogs did outshoot the Tommies 6-2 in the overtime period, but neither team could break the stalemate. Both teams locked up one WCHA point. And then, like we've talked about before, the final of the three uh, hinged on the winner of the shootout, and St. Thomas came away with the victory 3-2. Magia Almack, Lu- Lucia Blanchi, and Maddie Clow all scored for the Tommies, and Saskia Maurer made two stops to hand her team the shootout victory. Maurer finished with 48 saves for a 980 save percentage that night, so huge congratulations to her. Um, not an easy feat. Um and for the men's, or sorry, for the women's team, they will be in action um, starting tomorrow in Mendota Heights as well for a matchup with the Bemidji State Beavers. Tomorrow's game will be at 2 p.m. Central Time. And then on Saturday, they will be playing at 2 p.m. as well. So um, same kind of thing goes for them. They'll be off after the conclusion of this game. They'll be off for the next month, too, before picking things up, um, hosting RIT on January 6th. So good luck to them this upcoming weekend, and uh, hopefully they can get a couple more WCHA points uh, before 2022 wraps up here. Um, As for the... um the basketball teams for those that uh, follow our Instagram page, both teams wrapped up the non-conference play this season. Um, And both teams, uh, the men's team, especially are making huge strides just in terms of um, getting better from this year to last year, last year, 13 games into the season. I believe they were, I just had it up a minute ago and I don't know where I put it. It was either six and seven or seven and six which again, isn't bad, um, but they're playing tougher teams this year and uh, come out of it nine and four um, after, um, after, you know, having what, three games this last week. Um, and then at the conclusion, their last game was hosting Green Bay on Tuesday, uh, the 13th. And they'll have a nice little break here between um, when uh, Summit League starts up and that'll be on um the 19th when they host the North Dakota Fighting Hawks um and then as sorry about that and then as for the women's basketball team they come into uh Summit League play um with a 5 and 5 record last year the excuse me uh, last year, the Lady uh, Tommy basketball team going into the um, conference play was what was that here? Um, was three and seven. So, you know, again, you know, it positive steps, positive, uh, you know, going forward here, and now we get to uh, the part of the schedule where. Um, the men and women's team will essentially have the opposite schedule. So they will, the women's team will also have a little bit of time here before getting back in the swing of things. And they will be in Grand Forks on Monday, um, the 19th at 7 p.m. to take on the Fighting Hawks. And then lastly, before we um, wrap up Tommy Town for the night, um, there was some news on the football front uh, earlier today and that news was senior defensive black back Luke Glenna is among 78 players named to the 2022 Associated Press FCS all 
America team. So huge, huge, um, uh, huge accomplishment to him. The Dyna native was a second team AP honoree this fall. And Glenna is the first Tommy to receive an All-American recognition in any sport thus far in the Division I era. A few other FCS All-American teams will be announced over the next couple of weeks. Um, but this season, Glenna had a great year. He appeared in all 11 games for the Tommies and helped lead a uh, defense that was ranked in the top 10 nationally in FCS uh, in seven different categories. Glenna totaled 68 tackles and six pass breakups and had four interceptions returned for a total of 53 yards. It's also worth noting that he was named to the 2022 All Pioneer Football League first team this fall after being a second team honoree in 2021. He was also selected as a National Co-Defensive Player of the Week in October after a 22-tackle game against the defending league championship, Davidson. Um, and on his career, Glenna recorded 15 takeaways, 13 of them interceptions, scored three touchdowns, contributed to 167 tackles, had two forced fumbles, and two recovered fumbles. And lastly, he contributed to both the Tommy's 2019 Mayak co-championship team and the 2022 Pioneer champion team as well. So Glenna will definitely be missed. And But more than anything, congratulations to him on this huge accomplishment. And we wish him best of luck going forward. And um, who knows, maybe, uh, maybe he gets drafted into the NFL. Who knows? I have no insider information here. <laughs> so moving on to our local business <clears throat> shout out um this week come on people it's uh it's the middle of december um gotta show some love to a place that my wife and i went to last year uh if you listened last year around this time we also shouted them out as uh as well um it's the glow a holiday festival. What is it? Well, it is a holiday festival that features over a million lights, the Selfie Elfie Plaza, the Enchanted Forest, Bright Bikes, Tremendous Tree, the Glow Spectacular, and so much more. Um, the interesting part about it this year, um, I can't remember where exactly it was located last year. I want to say it was somewhere kind of over by the... Um, was it uh, like the State Fair or something like that? Uh, any hooser. Uh, this year it's at CHS Field. Um, I know uh, a lot of people are like, oh man, you know, that's downtown St. Paul. It looks like uh, if you go to their website, just glowholiday.com, uh, they have specific, um, uh, specific lots designated just to um, people coming to this um, and just uh, super... Uh, Super cool. Um, I I'm telling you guys, you gotta check this out. I have not had the um I have not had the opportunity to go this year yet, but we went last year. It was super fun. Um, if our son wasn't uh wasn't as uh, sick as he usually is, we'd probably try to make the trek and uh, uh check it out. But um, probably not this year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully as he gets older. Um, but yes, go check them out. Um, tickets. Um, they're not as clear and concise this year. Uh, but if I do remember from last year, you can get packs like a family four pack, you know, general admission, 
Um, I want to say it kind of depends on the time of the day that you're going and the day of the week you're going, but I typically think it's about $20 for adults, uh, children. Um, I want to say the ages were like five to 10 or five to 12. Don't quote me are, um, five to 10, five to 12 are like $12 and younger than that are free. So definitely go check it out. Um, it's, it's been going on since November 23rd and it's last day will be New Year's day, January 1st of 2023. So yes, go check them out. Uh, check out the website. Um, once again, it's just glowholiday.com. Um, and you can also check them out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok as well. So yes, uh, for those that have gone, let me know what you think about it. And, um, uh, send some pictures. Uh, I want to see what it looks like this year. Thanks, guys. So, um, now into our uh, professional, professional, uh, beloved sports. Um, starting off the Twins. Uh, the Twins have had a less than stellar start to uh free agency. Um, the good news is a couple days ago. Uh, what was it back on Monday the twelfth? It was announced the Twins agreed to a three-year, thirty million dollar contract with Christian Vasquez. Um, it, uh, pending a physical, Vasquez is thirty-two years old and was sought by a handful of teams after compiling a seven fourteen on uh, OPS last season, um, split between the Red Sox and Astros. And in twenty twenty-two, Twins catchers hit just. 197 with a 630 uh, OPS. So Vasquez also ranked fourth among catchers in defensive runs saved last year. Um, so we look forward to him uh, this year. Should uh, should be really uh, really cool. Um, and uh, can't wait to see him going. So another uh, question. Um, there are two kind of questions that I kind of got pretty repetitive today. One in terms of the twins, one in terms of the wild. So the first one we're going to address is the, uh, the twins. Um, it was announced just a couple days ago that Carlos, uh, Correa signed a $350 million contract over 13 years, um, for, uh, with the giants. And so the first question, a lot of them in so many words asked, how upset are you? Um, how upset are you that we didn't get Carlos Correa? And, you know, if I'm being honest with you guys, the fact of the matter is, yes, you know, he's a good, he's a solid uh, shortstop. Um, you know, he's a great hitter. I, I think his... Um, his uh, his numbers this last year kind of took a dip from years in past, but you know he's still a great defensive uh, defensive shortstop to say the least. Um, so I think you have to take that into consideration. Um, but um, you know at the end of the day, knowing he was looking for such a long contract and over three hundred million dollars, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm glad we didn't sign him. Um, if we could have gotten him for our price, which, uh, for those that don't know, we offered him a $280 million contract over nine or 10 years. Truthfully, I would, um, I would not 
just you know a guy like like Carlos Correa he's already in his I I want to say the guy's 32 maybe 33 um you know again you know it's not that old but you think in terms of professional sports and that's getting kind of old so you know agreeing to such a long contract with a guy like that you know it's um it's always tough because if something happens I mean god willing knock on wood you know, if if he, um, you know, now obviously there's clauses and stuff like that, but you know, you sign a nine year contract. You know, God forbid something happens and you have to retire after you know year three, you know, two, three, or four. More often than not, the teams are on the hook to give them some amount of money for the next couple uh, years until the nine years are up, um, which sucks for the club. So I mean, like I said, yeah, you know, it it stinks to see him go. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like, it's not like he was this leading like guy that was doing everything and anything for us. Like, yeah, he's a good player, but you know, I got, I got faith in this team. It it sounds like uh, Max Kepler is getting a lot of interest from people. You know, we have the fifth, um, pick this upcoming, uh, draft. So there's, um, there's a lot of things, um, you know, that'll go into, you know, constructing this team, um, the next, you know, month and a half or yeah, two, wait, yeah, like two and a half months or something like that. Cause spring training doesn't start until the end of February. But, um, honestly, for those of you out there that are heartbroken, we don't have Carlos Correa, you know, I don't know if I can ease your pain, but I will say this, it's going to be okay. Um, I, I don't get the sense that he really wanted to be here. I think he's trying to maximize his money. I think he knows he's only got a couple more years left, so he's trying to get a long deal and kind of take advantage of the money. Um, because truthfully, our our team isn't that bad, especially after getting a guy like Vasquez. Um, so, you know, clearly if he wanted to be in Minnesota, you know, he had the opportunity to, but, um, you know, he wanted more money and... You know, it's a business, so, you know, I get it. I get it. So, um, once again, onward and upward. So, um, for the Minnesota Wild, we won't kind of jump too much into dissecting games and stuff like that. You know, they're currently uh, rolling a three-game win streak here and hope to make that four tomorrow night at 7 p.m. against the Blackhawks. Um, But another one of the two questions that we got a couple times are, Will the will the Wild trade Matt Dumba and when? Kind of twofold, pretty much. Um, for those that were wondering who uh, if we were going to trade him, honestly, knowing um, Bill Guerin and his tendencies and everything like that, yes, we are one hundred percent going to trade him. Um, unless something crazy happens, where Guerin is like talking to Dumba, being like, "Yo." If we don't do like if we do not trade you, what are the chances you're going to sign assign a team friendly deal? Um, and even you know with that, honestly, Bill Guerin is not afraid to make moves. He's not afraid to make things happen. We've seen that apparent with him cutting Parisi and Suter. We've seen that with you know his trade of Talbot, uh, Fiala. This guy's a businessman and he's trying to do everything he freaking can to bring a cup here. So. Yes, he's going to get traded when, you know, it's tough to say this year's um, trade deadline is March 3rd. So, you know, it's still 77 days until the NHL trade deadline. 
Um, I would say a lot of the time you tend to see trades when, you know, teams are trying to shake things up and make things happen. I do not like don't um don't get too comfortable. I I don't think Garen, like if he's going to trade him, which like I said, he is when he trades him, um, I don't think he's gonna be afraid to trade him even if we're in the midst of a big winning streak. Um, because the fact of the matter is this, Matt Dumba is not only young, but he's also very talented. So if again, and I, the only reason I'm saying if is because, um, the only reason I'm saying if is because of, uh, um, you know, there is that small chance. I'm sure that, you know, Garen's had a small conversation with him saying, what are the chances we can get you to sign a team-friendly deal for at least a couple of years until we get all this money off our books? Um, but I just, I don't see that happening. Um, I just, when a guy like that is playing well, you want to see his draft ca- or his trade stock just go up and try to get as much as you can. It's sounding like a couple destinations are possibly the Kings. Um, I know... Uh, Garrett has been vocal about getting another solid top six forward, so he could definitely try to leverage that. You know, if you're if you're um, Garrett, you could definitely try to leverage you know a hot Dumba um, to get you know Vancouver to get like you know say maybe Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, and maybe a draft pick, maybe you know a minor or a minor league guy. Who knows? AHL guy. Um, who knows? Um, only time will tell. I know um, a month or so ago, I remember seeing two other possible trade destinations. One of them was New Jersey, and one of them was the Islanders. I would probably keep the Islanders on the list. I would probably be hesitant um, about New Jersey. New Jersey's just got so much going for them, for them right now, and I have a hard time believing that um, in the midst of everything going well for them, um, that they'd want to rock the boat. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say as of right now, New Jersey's probably not on um, the list of potential <clears throat> destinations for him. So that's what we have uh, for the Wild. Um, like I mentioned, uh, next game um, for them, they're playing tomorrow night, uh, Friday the 16th at 7 p.m. against Chicago. And then Sunday, they'll get a visit from the Ottawa Senators at 1 p.m. before going to Anaheim for a quick three-game road trip. They start in Anaheim, like I said, at 9 p.m. on Wednesday, the 21st. So um, that that is uh, what we have for the Wild. Now on to the, uh, the Timberwolves. Uh, actually, before we uh, get into uh, the Timberwolves, we have some news um, that was actually released just yesterday, December 14th, um, for the Premier Hockey Federation. For those that don't know, it was previously known as the NWHL. Uh, it's, you know, the Premier Hockey Federation is essentially uh, the women's, uh, the hockey equivalent to the WNBA. Um So without further ado, like I said just yesterday, the Premier Hockey Federation, the PHF, has announced a significant salary cap increase for the next season, doubling the amount from $750,000 to $1.5 million per team in 2023-2024. 
Heading into the league's ninth season, it marks the third annual salary cap raise and represents 900% growth since 2021 when the salary cap was just $150,000 per team, which, uh, which uh, it's huge. Um, on the ice, all seven PHF teams are currently populated by contracts that exceed 75% of its $750,000 cap. The league has had a record number of Canadian and international players on its roster and more talent with senior national team experience than ever before, which is uh, super awesome. Off the ice, the PHF has generated landmark broadcast corporate partnerships and the largest sponsorship revenues in history and increased digital viewership and engagement on all platforms over the past three seasons. And it's actually worth noting that before the 2022-2023 season, the PHF announced a two-brand-new-year agreement with ESPN that provides live coverage exclusively on ESPN Plus in the United States and international rights for games, which include TSN in Canada. So uh, huge, huge, um, huge news uh, on that front. Um, this This is stuff you love to see. Uh, it's super cool to see the popularity of um, the PHF and WHL growing as hockey is just a huge staple in uh, in Minnesota and um, and you know just all over all over the the US too. So yeah, uh, congratulations to all the teams. Congratulations to the Premier Hockey Federation and uh, can't wait to uh, yeah. So. Oh yes, now I said now now getting on to the Timberwolves. Um you know, the Timberwolves have been not great lately, if I'm being completely honest. Um they dropped two games um to the Trailblazers uh this last week back to back. Uh the first game was pretty um Excuse me. The uh, first game was pretty close, and the first game was very similar to this Clippers loss we had last night. Um, but um, very much, very much a game just like last night's, where we were winning most of the game and then just couldn't hold on to a lead. Unfortunately, uh, the second night of the Trailblazers game, um, they were just honestly the better team. Um, the good news is. Uh, you know, 28 games into the season, they're um, 13 and 15, which isn't great, but we're still within four and a half games of Denver for the number one seed in the division. Uh, Utah is only two and a half games ahead of us. Uh, Portland is three, and yeah, Denver's four and a half. So, um, you know, it's not like, you know, we're in a huge hole. Obviously, I wish we were playing a little bit better and able to hold on to some of these uh leads um without cat um but hey um you know it's all about you know capitalization and everybody knew the clippers were going to be really good this year portland was supposed to be good i wasn't really buying it but you know you do what you got to do um but now you got uh, Oklahoma City team tomorrow night at 7 p.m. in Oklahoma. Even though it's in Oklahoma City, in my mind, this is a game you have to have. Um, because if you don't, going into the new year, it could be very tough. Because after this Oklahoma City game, you got to face Chicago, 
who is, you know, again, could be a win. But then you got Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks two days in a, two games in a row. You go to Boston, to Miami, to New Orleans, and to Milwaukee, and then finish uh, against Detroit on New Year's Eve. And if you don't get shit together and able to hold leads and close out games down the stretch, it it could be a long long uh you know two two and a half weeks here so um you know hope hopefully this team can get a couple games uh going you know once again it's not like you know this team is you know five and you know five and 23 or anything like that like they're holding their own like i said they're they're fourth in the um uh they're fourth in the uh division sorry i don't know uh brain brain freeze right there um, but they're only half a game out from the 10th spot. Um, the Golden State Warriors have played one more game than we have and won that game. So they're in the 10th spot. Um, and we have a game and a half on the Lakers. So it's going to be a dogfight. You look at these standings. Everybody knew Memphis was going to be in there. Um, Portland's not as good as everybody, uh, as good as they have been in the past. But I think the biggest surprise is the Sacramento Kings. Um, I don't know how I don't watch them a ton, but they're getting shit done. They're winning games. They're a 15 and 12 team. Um, and it sounds like they're a pretty fun team to watch. So, um, Sacramento's on a tear. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep this up and, um, and make the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they own the longest playoff current playoff drought in, (coughs) in the NBA. And I think it's like over 20 I think it's about 20 years or something like that. I want to say the last time they were in the playoffs um, was back when uh, the Timberwolves played them in the conference semis or in the conference uh, finals. So, um, yeah. You know, I hope the I I hope the Timberwolves can you know get their crap together. Like I said, take advantage of a. Um, Take advantage of the Oklahoma City game, you know, maybe pull out one against Chicago. And then, you know, between the two Dallas games, the two, you know, going to Boston, Miami, New Orleans, Milwaukee. I mean, that's what, three, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, six games. You know, if you can steal, you know, a couple of those, like, hell yeah. Um, And uh, I got to say, watching these last couple of games, despite the losses, these guys coming off the bench, specifically um, Kyle Anderson, are playing very well. So really fun to see, and uh, hope uh, hope this continues. Uh, now for our final segment of the day, Week 15. Gosh, I can't believe it's not only almost Christmas, but um, as well as uh, you know, Week 15 um, in the NFL. Man, it's crazy. But needless to say, we have a couple new clinching. Uh, scenarios this week um obviously with the conclusion of this um the conclusion of tonight's game you know coming at you late with San Francisco winning tonight which I thought Seattle was going to win um they've clinched the NFC West division title which by virtue you know gives them for sure a playoff spot um but um yeah so for the NFC Minnesota at this point we win to this week against the Colts we uh we win the division um and a spot in the playoffs and or if we lose and Detroit also loses we also um 
we also would win. Um, Dallas can play, can finish a clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie or uh, as simple as that. Um, and then in the AFC, we got Kansas City. Both Kansas City and Buffalo can clinch uh, playoff wins. Kansas City as well as a division title with simply just getting a win. Um, and then elimination uh, scenarios um, are pretty much New Orleans is eliminated with a loss and either a Carolina win or a Tampa Bay win or tie. Arizona loses their out. Rams lose their out. Um, and then in the <clears throat> excuse me, and then in the AFC, um, we got Indy who can be eliminated from playoff contention with a loss, um, a Tennessee winner tie, and a new uh, and a Jets or um, a Jets or New England win. Pittsburgh can get eliminated with a loss and a New England win. Um, and uh, Cleveland is uh, eliminated with a loss and a Jets, New England, or Chargers win. And Vegas can get out with a loss and a Miami or Jets um, win or tie. So that is what we have um, coming into Week 15. And um, it's... Uh, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, obviously you look at the Vikings and they're coming off of a tough, a very, very tough um loss uh to the Detroit Lions. You know, nobody saw I don't think a lot of people saw us, you know, winning out. Um but um yeah, I mean it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens, but you know, this last game, you know, was a hiccup. It sucked. But if you're the Vikings, you you know you got to move on from it and um, and focus on the task at hand. So um, with that, I got the uh, Vikings winning this week, thirty four to twenty four. Um, I think the defense gets. I think Matt Ryan's going to throw at least two interceptions. Um, Ed Donatel. Um, these next couple weeks is in the hot seat if he wants any chance of coming back next year. Um, and then on the offensive side of things, I got <coughs> this this uh, Indianapolis defense is not great. I got Mr. Justin Jefferson getting another 200 yards um, receiving uh, in this one. So, yeah. Uh, as for our... Um, as for our locks and upsets this week, um, so we'll start off with the uh, uh, the lock of the week. So this week's lock, I got the Patriots. They're only one point favorite over uh, the Raiders. And before I get into this, you guys would be proud of me. I am actually keeping track of who I've picked for locks and upsets, and I have not picked two teams Twice last year, I'm sure I screwed up. I didn't do a great job paying attention, but I've been doing good this year, guys. Um, just had to have a quick little break there. So, yeah, um, I think you know the the Raiders' winning streak ended at three games this last week, uh, but their streak of one score games similar to the Vikings extended to six. In other words, there's no reason to believe this week's going to be any different. Um, so, you know, 10 of the Raiders' first 13 games have been decided by 7 points or fewer. Meanwhile, the Patriots have been a little more boom or bust with just 
five of their 13 games ending up with a margin of a touchdown or less. Um, but unlike the Raiders, the Patriots have taken care of business against bad teams. Um, so I got the Patriots winning this one 16 to 17. Oh, sorry, 26 to 17. And then for my upset for the week, I got um, the Ravens um, beating the Browns 24 to 20, even though the Browns are three point favorites. You know, yeah, the Ravens may be down to the third string quarterback, uh, Anthony Brown against Cleveland. But with the way Deshaun Watson has been playing since his return, he I think this is just them trying to get him reps and get him ready for next season. So, um, yeah, that is uh, that's what I have for you guys this week. So with that, I will leave you with remember this podcast about you guys, the listeners. If you have a question you want me to address or a um, or a, a topic you want me to talk about, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at mini weekend, and email is mini weekend at gmail.com. That's M I N N Y W E E K E N D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things mini weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, mini.